Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855am, 3CR Digital Radio and online at 3cr.org.au. My name is Kirsty, and from the Brainwaves team today we have Alana. So in light of World Suicide Prevention Day on Monday the 10th of September, we'll be discussing mental health, stigma, and more specifically men's mental health. I'd like to offer a warning to our listeners. We may be discussing issues such as suicide and suicidal thoughts. So please be aware if this is a sensitive or triggering topic for you. For those who are needing some support with suicidal thoughts and would like someone to talk things through, give Lifeline a call on 13 11 14 or the Wellways Helpline on 1300 400. Joining us today in the studio is David Cordiff, a mental health advocate and Wellways Helpline volunteer. Thank you for coming in today. It's a pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Um, so thank you for coming in once again. Um, do you think you could tell the Brainwaves listeners a little bit more about yourself? Yes, I'm a relatively recently retired businessman and I've had a couple of bouts of major depression in my life and they've been a big learning exercise. And uh, over the journey, I, I think these learnings have been helpful in, in sharing with people and particularly this time of the year, which is uh, very, very much uh, World Mental Health Day and, and, and other events. So mm-hmm. I'm uh, happy to be here to share some of the things that I've experienced and maybe <laughs> offer a few comments. Mm. Well, thank you for coming on once again. Pleasure. How did your mental health impact your personal and professional life? Well, I had, as I mentioned, I had two major b- bouts of major depression, and in, in both cases, uh, they were some years apart. Yeah. Um, they affected. M- particularly my work. I wasn't very well for a while yeah. and I struggled to do a job that I should have been able to do very easily mm. on a number of occasions and I lost some jobs as a consequence of that. But at no stage did I ever choose to share with my employer why I wasn't performing very well. Okay. Even even with the, the look of uh, potentially losing that job, I still wouldn't share it with them which I think is just a exam- good example of stigma mm. at its worst. Mm. Um, so I understand that you have um, different various roles within Wellways and uh, Beyond Blue. Could you tell us a little bit more about um, these certain roles? Absolutely. Um, I, With Wellways, I uh, do a shift a week on their helpline. Um, that is one of the most amazing experiences I think anybody could have because you have no idea what's out there in the real world sometimes until you hear it in a personal sense on the phone. And mm-hmm. it's also a referral service, which it does a great job. It's Monday to Friday, 9 to 9, 
and uh, we handle all sorts of queries, particularly in the mental health space. Uh, with uh, I've been a, been a Beyond Blue speaker for 10 years. Uh, again, I get an opportunity to talk in front of a range of different audiences. It can go from a prison through to a rotary club, through to a large corporate, uh, and basically uh, everybody wants to hear what they can do to help mm. themselves or their friends and colleagues, family. Yeah, so has it been like a real rewarding experience um, getting other people's like lived experiences of mental health? Absolutely, it has, totally, and that's why I continue to do it and will continue to do it because there are times when I finish a session and feel better in myself mm. for having shared my, my uh, experiences and hopefully uh, that goes for the other, the listener as well. Yeah. They, they also get something from it. I'm not so um, uh, vain to think that everybody who listens to me walks away highly enlightened, but uh, I certainly think sharing and communication is, is, my, is my, my key word for everything. We communicate no matter what we're doing, yeah. either verbally or, or physically. So, yeah, communication is the key. Mm, definitely. So we were talking a bit about this off there about your particular interest in the wellness of middle-aged men. Mm. So what kind of sparks that particular interest for you? Well, I think that was sparked probably from my own experience. Um, I was in my uh, mid-50s and uh, I was retrenched uh, suddenly. Mm. And, uh, well, in fact, it was back... It was probably the, the first event was prior to that when I was in my 30s. And uh, wife, three children, and non-working wife at that stage, three young children, a mortgage, all of that sort of thing. And I found myself out of work after 11 years with the business. And mm. um, I panicked. I didn't know what I was going to do. As it transpired, I got a job very quickly. Um, and that's the time I got my first uh, inkling that maybe this thing called depression was sitting on my shoulder. And I found myself not sleeping well. I found myself being tense about things, worrying about things that may or may not have happened. My appetite went. I was losing interest in the things such as sport that I might, might normally have been very happy yeah. happy with, but I just wasn't right, and my wife picked that up, and I went and saw a doctor and a GP, and he diagnosed depression, and yeah. we, we moved on from there. And the second time round was around about 12 years later, Again, I'd been with the business for about 16 years. We were taken over by a, an aggressive competitor and uh, that didn't, didn't, uh, we, the marriage wasn't made in heaven, shall we say. But that sparked my interest and I wondered what people did who weren't, for example, uh, if you're a, if you're a, a trade, tradie, you might have a union to back you in, yes. with unfair dismissal support, for example. And I became aware, I lived in the city of Monash, and I became aware through some friends of a lot of folks who got on the train every morning and went to work, and they had no work. They hadn't told their families that they'd lost their jobs. Aww. And it, it was the start of a very serious um, path for these guys because mm. they, couldn't, they couldn't put that face on for, for too long. People started asking questions. The family asked questions. Where's the salary? What, what's happening? Mm. And they were, they were, they were so embarrassed about the stigma and and about the fact that they were failures. They thought they were failures. And there didn't seem to us to be any support for them in the community at all. And we, as a consequence, a couple of friends and myself formed a group called Gateway, okay. which was a halfway house. Uh, it opened on Tuesday nights in the local 
uh, counselling area in in the city of Monash. Yeah. And we would invite any guys who wanted to come in to join us. And some of the stories would make your hair curl. It was just astonishing. <laughs> and it was just the lack of support that became obvious to us. Yeah. There was nobody out there supporting them. And they, they weren't sharing with their families. In fact, they weren't sharing with anybody. Mm. And being men, they weren't even sharing it with their mates. God, that's toxic, isn't it? Well, it is. And, and us, us guys are not noted for being fantastic communicators, uh, mm. which I think is something that is built into the female psyche. I think women do a lot better communicating than men and we've got to do something about that and uh, that's why I'm here today yeah mm. do you think like um the kind of the social standings with like men having to kind of the thought of they have to provide for a family the old school way of thinking mm-hmm. do you think because um our generation is obviously moving away from that ideal do you think that um like young men are going to be finding it more easier to communicate their feelings? I suspect yes. Yeah. I, I suspect yes. I, I've, I've got a son and uh, he is a lot better than I ever was, Yeah. Uh, I'd have to say, and his mates are as well, yeah. and which is which is fantastic. So it's us old blokes we've got to worry about uh, who, yeah, were brought up probably with that, you know, you don't cry, you yeah. don't uh, you show you're manly mm. and all the rest of it. But I, I do sense that, yes, it's getting better for males as, as the uh, generations come through. Yeah, because I was just thinking, because when I'm thinking about, like, my dad and, my, and like, my nun-law and stuff like that, they they have such, in their minds, they have such pressure that they've got to provide. Mm-hmm. They've got that instinct. But then I look at my brother, and if he's upset, he'll just say he's upset. But if my dad's upset, he will not say he's upset. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to see that generational generational gap that some of the older generation don't think it's okay to speak up. That's true. And you find that your dad had learned that from his dad. Yeah. And that would have been probably in between wars or something like that or, or the Great Depression or whatever. And it, 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 the men had to be stoic. They had to go and mm. fight the battles. They had to be strong, etc. Now, there's no difference between them then and now. It was just the attitude they chose to adopt to that. And your dad would have been taught by his dad and your son and your, and your brother, I should say, is, is, is seeing things differently now yeah. through his eyes and maybe even softening up your dad a little bit. Yeah. Do you think? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so do you think that it, um, do you think men are less likely to speak up against stigma and suicide for mental health issues as a whole? Uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Other without, than females? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think without question, that's... that's that's today's case, and I think a lot of work's going into trying to get this male thing into perspective and mm. to, sh- to demonstrate to people that if they communicate, however they do it, it's better than not communicating at all. Yeah. And that, you know, that it, it's interesting because the statistics tell us that the that 80% of suicides in Australia are male. Mm. They are it's male. Insane. Yeah, and and. You know, you, the, the suicide rate is, is bigger, bigger than the uh, national road toll, for example. That's and that's insane. not something people would not necessarily be aware of. Yeah. And uh, probably the most horrific stat I can think of is that every week 33 males die from suicide in Australia and the majority of them have untreated depression. Yeah. It just goes to show the great need for strategies and communication and just that conversation about feelings and 
with events like Are You Okay Day coming up actually tomorrow, mm-hmm. it just, yeah, things like that really give people the opportunity to ask someone who seems a little bit off, like, are you okay? Yes, that's without yeah. question. And that get back to that C word again, communication. Yeah. You ask the question and don't be afraid if somebody says nothing and they don't share it with you because mm. just asking it could create a situation down the track where that person recognises that you've had the wherewithal to ask. You did notice something wasn't right and you were prepared to actually yeah. be there and help them and they might, might they might share it with you then. Yeah, yeah. And I maybe guess. that saves a life. Yeah. yeah, I think like people just need to be more observant of like situations mm. um, and not just be thinking about like their own mental state and stuff like that and be like, oh, I'm okay, like everyone else is okay. I guess people need to be more aware, especially men, about their mates. Um, like, if you ask, oh, are you okay, and they mutter something, obviously something might not be okay. Yes. So, and you don't, yeah. want, you don't want to belt them over the head trying yeah. to get them to, to admit to something they don't want to talk about. <laughs> yeah. But you've got, to break that, you've got to break that cycle. And yeah, exactly. events like Are You Okay Day and all the other mental health initiatives that are going on now publicly are making mm. a huge difference to people. And, and you, you don't need to be a world-class expert in asking somebody you know whether they're okay oh, if, you, yeah. if you perceive they're not. That's what I was thinking. Like, people might be scared to ask their friend who seems a bit off, are you okay, because they're not like, a qualified psychologist. Correct. And they might think, well, what can I do to help if my friend comes to me with this big problem? But just... You know what yeah, you can do? Yeah. You just listen. Mm, you just listen, exactly. actively listen. So you're picking up the, the, the prompts from them yeah. as to what's going on. And then you're able to say, look, I really think you should see your GP. Yeah. Go and see your GP and have a chat. Book a double appointment and go and have a chat and see how that, how, where that takes you. And that often could take you to mm. a psychologist or maybe a psychiatrist if it was uh, a different sort of option. But you, certainly that active listening yeah. makes a huge difference. Yeah, just creating that space. Yeah, and you do not have to be an expert in mental health yeah. to, to, to be a good listener. Yeah, if anything, don't try to give like intense Absolutely. clinical advice, just listen. Well, you're not in a position to give yeah. good clinical <laughs> advice um, if, we're, if we're not psychologists or psychiatrists exactly. or counsellors. So, yeah. And people, people work things through when they talk. Absolutely. So just having someone sitting there listening... Yeah, it allows you to just reel off all your thoughts and kind of make sense of it yourself. Yeah, and and, and, and you, you get a feeling that you're getting somewhere with it and, and you're keen, you become keen and you want to listen even more and the person may just suddenly open mm. up and, and you've got an absolute can of worms mm. all over the place, but you don't have to make judgments on that. You simply just have to listen Yeah, and, and be neutral in your response. Exactly. All right, so I'll ask you another question. Do you think there's a big gap between how society views physical health and mental health? I absolutely do. Yeah. I, I, I have this um, mental picture of us as human beings mm. and that we, we somehow have, over the journey, we've managed to, we've managed to cut ourselves into a two-thirds, one-third the two-thirds is anything from our neck down to our toes mm-hmm. and, and the one-third is, is up top. It's our head. Mm. It's okay to talk about um, issues associated with your medication for 
you know, dialysis or so, for a kidney disease or for something of that nature. You, yeah. We'll talk about that if, if we're asked. Much less likely to talk about the same thing for our heads. And for heaven help us, if we're taking medication for a heart complaint, that's gets a tick mm. in, in, in the box. But if we're taking medication for our mental health, oh dear, that's suddenly a different connotation. People look at it and think, oops, they must be weak. They need, yeah, they need, need drugs to, to, to keep them it. going. Yeah, which is so, so wrong. Yeah. And, and I, I think that we need to give a lot of thought to how we, all of us, think in those terms. I, I, I've seen stigma in, in a workplace situation whereby somebody had a, an issue with mental health and uh, they were diagnosed with depression. And mm. the, in, in this particular case, uh, I was, I was, it was a member of my staff uh, my sales staff and he had a uh, marriage breakup happening and he wasn't coping very well. Yeah. The, the owner of the business and the managing director, the owner and the managing director of the business noted that this guy's um, sales stats weren't all that good and they hadn't been because he was struggling. Mm. But he was receiving help and was on the way to recovery and the question was asked of me um, why his sales stats went better and the answer was, our, our staff member was suffering from depression but getting help and was going to come good. And mm. this particular individual said, I want you to manage him out of the business. He's a liability. And I was speechless uh, but responded a little while later by saying I couldn't do that, that I thought it was ethically wrong. Yeah. And I found myself summarily dismissed uh, from that business. Wow. So, I mean... As I might have mentioned off air, that wasn't a marriage made in heaven. Yeah. And this was probably a good opportunity for them to do something they may have wanted to do anyway because we, uh, okay. we were poles apart in terms yeah. of business ethics. But I, I'll never forget that as, a, as a, an attitude towards a, a stigma. It's That's just so incredible. Bad, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I'm sure it still goes on. Yeah. Do you think that like happens often today? Yeah, in I, many I, businesses. I, I do, but I think it's more subtle than that. I mean, that's 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 a blunderbuss approach. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think people today, for example, I think if you walked into some some management situations and you you said that you were needing a, a day off a week for chemotherapy, for example, I'm quite certain that you'd get a lot of sympathy and so and so has a cancer issue and whatever, and uh, you'll have a day off every Friday for for uh, chemo. I sense that if I walked in and said the same thing, uh, but in, in terms of my head, I need to see a psychiatrist every Friday mm. for a session because I'm struggling with uh, my mental health, I'm not sure the same support would be forthcoming. Yeah, it wouldn't be seen as, as valid. I, perhaps not. Uh, I mean, that's a broad statement to make, and I, I would like to think these days there's a lot more empathy out there than there might have been five or ten years ago. We see it in, in two different ways. We don't see mental illness as an illness, mm, yeah. but it is. A, a lot of people still see it as a weakness. People kind of sweep it under the rug. I remember um, a psychologist telling me about my sister and saying, because at a time when I was like really young, I was like, oh, she's not actually sick. I mean, it's like, what if she actually had cancer? She was losing her hair. Her hair. Would you say she was sick? I'm like, yeah, I would say that she's sick. He's like, would you have sympathy? I'm like, yeah. It's like, well, like just because you can't see it, it doesn't mean it's not there. And that's always kind of stuck with me and I find it quite interesting because if I have the thought that if I go into work tomorrow and say, 
oh, I'm not feeling okay mentally. If I call mm. up for tomorrow morning and say, I can't come to work, I'm not feeling it. They would not, they would just say, oh, well, you can still come in. You're not dying. Yeah. But if I was sick, they would say, go home, get better. Mm. Like, it's quite interesting to see the, the contrast. Absolutely. Um, and that's it in a nutshell. Another yeah. example um, mm. typically of what can happen. And there's a lot of education going on uh, these days to try and get management in any, f- in any sphere more aware that people can be ill mentally and or physically yeah. and then not to differentiate between the two of them. Yeah, I would love to see like change with that because like, it's just not there completely. Not yet. But yeah. So what do you think can be done to change this? I think more of what we're doing here tonight. Yeah. More of the Are You OK days. Um, uh, I think the, the sponsorship of footy games or Beyond Blue sponsor the Beyond Blue Cup every year. Just keeping that message out in front of people continually. Ultimately, it'll start to, and it is already starting to make a difference. And and I think the new generation coming up, as we discussed earlier, uh, are a lot more awake to accepting that you can be both physically and mentally ill. Yeah, definitely. Um, So what are the sorts of things that have helped you empower or assist your mental health journey? Well, I guess um, I have a little story uh, attached to that where I, I... was diagnosed some years back, back in 2005 actually, out of the blue with a, with a heart issue that was a mechanical problem. And I went to see uh, my doctor about sinus, uh, the sinus problem, and I ended up in Cabrini Hospital uh, having open heart surgery oh, wow. to, re- to put a little, little uh, metal valve in my heart to replace the other one. And uh, we, there are times in our lives when we have these little turning points and we can look back and, and think, ah, oh, that, that, that was a sudden turning point. Well, this was because I was sort of lying there feeling a bit sorry for myself. I began to think about um, the fact that I had been unwell mentally for a while, uh, was coming good, and this thing hit me like a ton of bricks, but I actually dealt with it quite well. Mm-hmm. And I had spent a lot of years prior to that trying to overcome depression thing, trying to beat it, trying to beat it, incessantly trying to beat it. And I realised that I hadn't made a lot of progress with that. And maybe, maybe if I just put it to one side and walked along with it, Mm. rather than trying to beat it up, that might be a better way, a better strategy. Now, it worked for me. The strategy worked. And thank goodness I haven't had a a relapse of any sort since those, those days well gone by. And I think, I think, just adopting a different mindset yeah. can help and that helped me a lot. Well, it's so important. I feel like you come up so far when like you're just kind of pondering on your life and then once you're in that position, you can really like pick yourself up and just yeah. like... There's nothing like a little bit of um, sort of blackness out in the future with your health to, to galvanise your thinking and that yeah. certainly did that for me. Hmm. So I'll ask you one last question before we wrap up. What is one thing you want to say to someone who might be listening who can, this kind of stuff resonates with them, who they might be experiencing some kind of depressive thought or suicidal thoughts? What's one thing that you want to leave with them? I guess one word would be to share it. Yeah. Share it and, and, and don't be afraid. It could actually save your life. You, mm. don't, you do not have to suffer alone yeah. uh, and I tried it all by myself um, my family wouldn't allow me to do it all by myself they were fantastic supports to me my wife became a carer 
without wow. ever knowing what that meant. Yeah. Uh, she just suddenly got lumbered with this. She had no idea what was going on, but what stuck with me from pillar to post, as did my, my three children, sharing and, and, and being prepared to just fight the good fight. Mm-hmm. Okay, thank you, David, for coming on the show today and sharing your experience with our listeners. That's with, a pleasure. With all of this in mind, let's keep the conversation going with Are You OK Day this Thursday, the 13th of September. This campaign supports taking time to notice what's going on with your family, friends, and colleagues, and last but not least, yourself. It's about taking time to have those conversations when you notice something has changed and equipping yourself to help yourself and others. We know how hard asking for help can be, but there are people whose job it is to help you build strategies to deal with the situation and to give you some perspective. Services such as Beyond Blue, Headspace and Sane Australia are there to provide support. If you're listening to this and experiencing some of the thoughts that we've discussed or any kind of personal crisis, help is available. Call Lifeline on 13 11 14. There's someone to talk to 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're there to support you. There's, always, there's also the Wellways Helpline on 1300 400. You can find more of our shows at our website, brainwaves.org.au, or on the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au, or on iTunes. Next week on the show, we'll be discussing my health record. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.